Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome back, witches and wizards, to another episode of the Wizarding World Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, followed by my two co-hosts, Nina Kitty. Hello. And Courier7. Uh-huh. And with this episode, we are doing actually another magical creature, which we normally don't do two in a row, but this one is an exception because we talked about Hucka Hufflepuff and how she was a great support for house elves. Well, this week's episode, we are talking about house elves. Yes. And obviously, so in this episode, we're not going to go over the description and the, like, the look at the house elves because we get a very good look at house elves in Chamber of Secrets and for, uh, thereafter, thanks to Dobby. Uh, there's really not a like reason to talk about their look because we know what Dobby looks like. And if you don't know what yeah. Dobby looks like, just go watch Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but to kick things off, um, a house elf, sometimes referred to as just an elf, uh, was a magical being which was immensely devoted to and loyal to one designated as their master. House elves served witch, uh, wizards and witches and were usually found under the employment of old wizarding families taking residence in elaborate establishments like mansions and must-do-everything uh, that their masters commanded unless they were freed. A house elf could only be freed when their master presented them with clothes. House elves had their own brand of wandless magic, which, despite their small physical size and lack of wand, was very powerful. House elves were presumably produced elf-made wine, uh, given its name. Hmm. Now I want to know, like, I want to know their wine. Now, granted, if you go and play Hogwarts Legacy, you go to the kitchens, you can see house elves making wine. I want to try some. And they're doing it the old <laughs> yes. fashioned way to where they crush grapes uh, with their feet. Cause that's how originally how wine is created is by crushing and distilling uh, grapes and fermented grapes. Yeah. So. It smells amazing. My, uh, my in-laws, my father-in-law did, did that, just that in their basement. And, uh, Use the had one of the kids go in there and mush it down and just stain purple. <laughs> but yes, it is definitely an old fashioned way of doing it. So now we so we're gonna start off with magic. So all house elves have their own brand of powerful magic, which allowed them to perform tasks such as operating where wizards and witches couldn't. 
Their abilities remained even after they were freed from their masters. More than a mere housekeeper, a house elf was a ruthless protector of those whom they gave their allegiance. So, in which we do see this um, a few times throughout the films, and we do obviously in the books as well. But it's a really it's a better representation in the film because you physically see it, and mm-hmm. you do see Dobby use his magic as in like. Um, uh, with uh, Harry's cake, or with the cake at the get-go of Chamber of Secrets and the Dursley's house, where he just snapped his fingers and, boom, levitated the cake without anything, no effort whatsoever. And you see him evaporate into smoke and, like, gone. With no effort. So, yeah. So, in 1993, Dobby did not hesitate to protect Harry Potter by using his magic on his former master, Lucius Malfoy, to blast him away after he attempted to physically assault Harry on the Grand Staircase. Now, this is different. In the film, it's in a corridor in front of the gargoyle or the Phoenix gargoyle of Dumbledore's office. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they can do the same yeah. Grand Staircase because filming limitations. Uh, they apparently had the ability to know when someone summoned them and where they were. As Creature operated to 12 Grummel Place when Harry uh, summoned him in autumn of 1997, despite not being anywhere near him prior to being summoned. So yeah, like, in the film and in the book, Harry says Creature and Creature uh, operates right in front of him. Boom. So... Because Creature is tied to Harry because Harry is his master. Now, granted, Mm -hmm. Harry treats Creature with the utmost respect and better livelihood than other house elves because of who Harry is. He doesn't at first, but then understands Creature and then, oh, okay, I see why. But that's a whole other story. Yeah, Creature doesn't like him very much, so... (laughs) Yeah, because he's... (laughs) Yeah. Because he's too kind and he's not the masters that he's used to. Correct. He's not a he's mm-hmm. not a black. Right. And yes. but he's still a pure blood wizard, which compared to Hermione, creature absolutely disgust until they give creature the locket of his mm-hmm. previous of creature's previous master, and then creature is like, oh, I was completely wrong about these people. They're all right. <laughs> But um, back to Dobby defending Harry, if you go and watch uh, Chamber of Secrets in that scene, Lucius is about to use the killing curse. He's about to say avocadabra, and luckily Dobby got in his way right before he even says it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, their magic was limited by the lack of a wand. However, unlike other magical beings, the house elf was actually quite happy not to own a wand, as they did not require one for their daily activities. And apart from routine domestic tasks, house elves usually had to attain permission from their master before they would use their own kind of magic by any other things. Uh, Although a house elf might rarely act without permission, they would have to be punished themselves for these acts. So, which we do see with Dobby. Dobby would do something and like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And just starts whacking himself on the head with a, like a lamppost or something. Which, yeah. Which is like, no. Just yeah, no. the physical harm. He has already have en- enough emotional damage. He doesn't need physical damage. 
No, no, he doesn't. And then uh, it is implied that with a wand and proper knowledge, a house elf might be able to use other magic, as Winkly, Winky was falsely accused of using the Mort- Morta curse to summon the Dark Mark. Now, this is in obviously not in the film of Goblet of Fire. This is actually in the book Goblet of Fire. Uh, mm-hmm. Barty Crouch Jr. summons the Dark Mark with Harry's wand after he stole it uh, from him. In the Quidditch match or the uh, Quidditch World Tournament Cup. And once he used the Dark Mark, or used Harry's wand to summon the Dark Mark, he tasked Winky of giving, like, Barty Crouch Jr. gave Winky Harry's wand to her, to her and framed her for using a wand, which is a crime against Wizarding Law because house elves aren't supposed to use a wand. No. So it's it's a it was a whole whole thing, yeah. And then Harry Potter once remarked that house elves were better at performing advanced magic than wizards, which is a testament to the immense strength of their magical power. For instance, they can have uh, operate literally anywhere, even inside Hogwarts, which no witch or wizard can operate into, unless you're Albus Dumbledore. He's the yeah, only that's one. True. Dumbledore is the only one. Yeah, Dumbledore is the only one that can operate in and out of Hogwarts at will. Um, Mm -hmm. But house elves can operate wherever, whenever it doesn't matter. They have no restrictions of operating, which Mm -hmm. just tells you how powerful house elves can actually be. Absolutely. So now we jump to their relationship to wizard kind. So house elves have always had been a subject with to work with wizards who had treated as their quote-unquote masters, and the way they were treated and how they behaved were subject to laws of the country's wizarding government known as health elf legislation. Words are hard. (laughs) And the guidelines on house elf welfare were set of regulations passed by the British Ministry of Magic regarding the t- uh, treatment of house elves. Despite their z- existence at the time, these guidelines were not enforced by the Ministry of Magic by uh, 1996, There and therefore many wizarding households, such as the Malfoys and Blacks, mistreated their elves. This led wizards, such as Albus Dumbledore and Hermione Granger, to personally work to improve the lives of these creatures. So that that's just right there and then like is interesting that none of the legislation was enforced till 90, 1996. Well, as we've learned before, they really dragged their feet. Oh yeah. In the government for Yeah, the Ministry <laughs> of Magic doesn't like they prolong everything until something drastically happens that they have yeah. to finally pass whatever they need to pass. It's sad. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. really sad. So, um, we have now obedience. So, house elves had to obey any commands given them by their masters. At times, they seemed to desire to disobey these orders, but as their master orders were the, quote-unquote, the house elves' highest law, they couldn't. And they were forced to punish themselves if they did. However, a house elf might find loopholes within their masters' or mistresses' orders. Such so as Dobby, for example, like he visited Harry. Granted, he visited Harry because there was a loophole in the Malfoy's rules with him. 
Yes. <laughs> and then, for example, despite his loathing uh, for Sirius Black, Creature could not disobey the direct orders. However, when Sirius yelled at him to get out, uh, which he meant to get out of the kitchen, Creature was able to interpret the command in a way he was able to him to leave number 12, Rumble Place, and go to Sirius's cousins, Narcissus Malfoy's, and Bellastrick Lestrange. Hence a loophole. Because Sirius wasn't specific enough. If you have to be very specific when you command a house elf, uh, it's sort you, of like a monkey's wish or a monkey paw wish, where mm-hmm. you have to be super specific because yeah. they're just gonna find a way around it. Yep. <laughs> or like a genie wish, like you in most movies or mythology, when you ask a wish for a genie, the genie will like, oh, okay, we'll do that, but then find a way to really screw you over. Absolutely. Because there's a loophole. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then during the 1996-1997 school year, Harry Potter ordered Creature to follow Draco Malfoy in order to find out what he was doing and where he was going and carefully phrased his command to prevent Creature from contacting or alerting Draco. Creature, still reluctant to his, uh, to be owned by Harry, was unable to find a loophole in the orders about con- contacting Draco, but instead merely told Harry only about Draco's mundane daily activities. <laughs> because creature was a complete <laughs> jerk. He was so petty. And I appreciate how petty, petty he was. <laughs> but he couldn't find loopholes because Harry knew, and Harry's like, "Oh, I, I'm not fine. I'm not giving you a way out." No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I know your tactics, creature. I know what you're up to. I know how you work. <laughs> yeah. So now we have their mistreatment. So in the past, and. In the past, in part due to the absolute obedience, house elves had been treated very brutally by their owners. House elves had no rights of their own and were viewed as servants without feeling feeling or emotions who simply obey without thinking, effectively making them slaves and property rather than individuals. For instance, Mm -hmm. Creature had to sleep in a cupboard under the boiler where he made himself a den and was given no attention while Sirius Black was his master. Before this, Voldemort forced Creature to drink the potion in which his Horcrux was hidden to test its effectiveness and uh, and then he was left to die. In addition, Voldemort carelessly framed the house elf, uh, Hokey, for the murder of Hasba and Smith. Yeah, yeah, Voldemort doesn't like house elves, as you can see. It's he he's a complete jerk. Trying to make I don't this feel kid like friendly. he's got a lot of yeah, he does yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of care or empathy for anything, any living creature. Well, I mean he's the other than like he has like no emotion, so there's that too. Right. There uh... is that too. And then some pureblood families, such as the Blacks, the house elves would be beheaded when they were too old to carry tea trays. This practice was invented by Eladorna Black. That is terrifying and horrifying. That's so sadistic. Like, this is, like, that, that's, that, no, 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 no. It's a big no-no. And the house elf Dobby was uh, was so mistreated and underappreciated by the Malfoy family, and he independently sought out aid in to protect Harry Potter, the nemesis of a Malfoy, in 1992. In 1998, Dobby was slain by Bellatrix Lestrange in an act of protecting Harry's life. Also, Horace Slughorn made a house elf test 
a test of his bottles of mead for poison, although he was likely had antidotes on hand. I still cry every time I watch that scene. I don't we, care. That was the worst cliffhanger ever in movie cinema history. That is so bad. Like, oh, that happens, and then boom, that's basically in the movie, and I was like, what like i was like i was on the verge of tears like that's the end until part two that's bs like it was what it was terrible how they did that to us and then when a house elf was mistreated they would typically work long uh just enough to obey the master uh master's commands and not to put there the full effort as a result in spite. However, even if the slightest loophole could be found in the master's orders, house elves were unhappy with their master would exploit that loophole to their advantage. And the best way for a master to ensure full loyalty and compliance with their orders was to simply treat them properly. This was evidenced uh, in 19- 1997 when Hermione Granger convinced Harry Potter to be nicer to Creature, Soon, Creature began to accept his new master and started serving him much more enthusiastically. It's sad that that's such an obvious way to go about right. it. Well, and the thing it's is... It's so ingrained like, into the culture for and, and that's, the wizards. That's, that, yeah. that's the problem. Like, Luckily, and I, th- and I think it's Hermione and Harry's best advantage coming to the wizard world as muggles first and foremost mm-hmm. they know the mistreatment and they know like like hermione is all against like slavery as a whole which is a good thing because she knows what happens in the muggle world and what we know is right. our history and i was like yeah no this is bad and harry knows the same exact thing because he went through muggle school because he didn't know he was a wizard till 11 but still mm-hmm them coming into yep. the wizard world as from the muggle world gives them much better understanding and way to change the treatment of house elves for the better. Absolutely. But um, at this point, we are going to take a short mid break and we will be back more with house elves. Wow. Alright, welcome to the mid-break of the show, where we have everything to do with the show, but nothing to do with the lore of the Wizarding World. At this point, I do want to remind everybody, we do have a Patreon set up at patreon.com slash wizardworldlorecast, where you can get ad-free episodes, or even join us one on an episode once a month, at the end of every month. And you can also support us uh, by rating us on Spotify and Apple. If you leave a five-star review on Apple with some words, we will read it out loud on the show. As well as if you leave a nice comment on an episode through Spotify, we'll read that out loud on the next time on the show as well. Which we don't have any this week. But uh, you can also find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net, where you can find this show on the server, such as, and also my other shows, uh, Holocron Histories, and my new show, the Final Fantasy Lorecast, which we just did our second episode, and I am just so, so excited for this, for that show. I think it is a, uh, I I think it's going to go very well, um, there's so much to do with Final Fantasy, but yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot to it. And then um, keep an eye out. Uh, I am looking into making a Discord server for the shows that I host. So that includes this show, Holocron Histories, and the uh, Final Fantasy Lorecast. <laughs> I almost said Wizard World. I was like, wait a minute, we're recording this one. Um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else we need to add to this mid break? Oh, I don't think so. I think that yeah. pretty much sums it up. All right. Well, yeah. uh, at that point, we are going to get back into more house elves. All right. Now that we're back from the break, we are now going into loyalty for house elves. So, house elves were uh, were so intensely loyal to their masters that they would not allow themselves to be set free unless their master presented them with clothes. And this loyalty, in and in itself, was something akin to a code of honor among their kind, such as it is not uncommon for a house elf to carry out their imperatives to the best of their ability and at a great personal risk, even if it was the cups of death. Unfortunately, this could also mean that they were left utterly helpless if ordered to be by their master, even if the elf wished otherwise, as seen when Creature apparently wasn't able to prevent Regulus's sacrifice after the latter explicit orders for Creature to let him die through inaction and not interfering. Which Regulus's death was, like, he saved Creature. Like, he pushed... Um, I forget if he pushed him into the water or he was able to do something for Creature or levitated him up or something. I can't remember, but uh, Regulus saved Creature right before his death. Mm -hmm. And to symbolize their enslavement, house elves usually wore makeshift clothes made with found objects such as pillowcases and rags. These clothes could become quite filthy, and yet the house elf uh, would not claim their clothes to further express that they had no need in which they were not specifically commanded to them by their master. House elves would punish, torture, or even maim themselves if they, if they would please their master. Which is sad. I'm sorry. No. Don't know. I'm sickening. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm so, like, this is a dark, darker episode. I didn't apologize, but this is, this is just... It, it, yeah, it's, it's sad. Yeah. Um... House elves oh. not only served one specific master, but the whole family as the master and whoever the house elf was ordered by the master to serve. However, if an order uh, or instruction from a specific master they served had been given and worded specifically enough, then not even the other members of the family would be able to circumvent it. As when Regulus told Creature not to divulge the circumstances concerning the former demise, to the rest of the blacks, with that knowledge resurfacing only after Harry was given ownership over creature how, over the house elf and ordering creature to reveal what they knew, not violating Regulus's final command, seeing that Harry wasn't a black. Mm -hmm. Which is true. Like Harry Harry is the godson of Sirius Black, but he's not part of the black family history. Correct. Sorry. So it's another loophole. Yes. Yeah. Gotta look for those loopholes. Yes. And then when Sirius Black was killed in 1996, Harry Potter inherited the House of Black servant Creature. Although Creature was the first unwilling to enter Harry's service, not only did so as a result of the House House enslavement, 
uh, after he was treated kindly, he eventually formed a fierce loyalty to Harry. If a house elf's master had no living heirs, all house elves owned by the late master would be instead relocated by the Ministry of Magic. Which is interesting why they get to choose where the house elf gets to go, but government. Bleh. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> despite the seamlessly hoard lifestyle the house elves endured, house elves seemed to actually enjoy being enslaved, with few exceptions, Dobby being one of them. House elves would feel insulted if their master attempted to pay them, give them provisions, or reward their service with any except, uh, anything except kindness. In 1995, when Hermione Granger began to hide clothing, clothes in Gryffindor Tower and attempt to free the house elves of Hogwarts, the house elves felt rather insulted, and everyone except Dobby refused to clean the Gryffindor common room in protest. Which I <laughs> stated on the show prior, which is like Hermione's spew, like spew is the acronym that she came up with um, to free house elves from enslavement, but like the house elves were disgusted by the idea and I was like, yeah, we're not cleaning that tower. And then Dobby literally cleaned it every single day for the entire year. <laughs> and got all the hats. <laughs> and he actually started wearing all the hats. Yeah. And despite Hogwarts having had a large number of house elves for centuries, it is only in their fourth year that Harry, Ron, and Hermione, rather shockingly, discover their existence at Hogwarts, which happened independently when the ghost of Sir Nicholas casually mentioned them being scared by Peeves, the poltergeist tantrums. Sir Nicholas explained to them that the house elves worked in hiding and considered the mark of the good house elf that they did not work, but their existence was not even noticed. Hmm. Yeah, uh, when Hermione found out, she went off. Like, hysterically and, like, like whoa. Like, calm down. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And it should be noted, however, that there were elements of coercion in some house elves' loyalty. His creature disliked Sirius Black even when he was his master and helped to sabotage Sirius by assisting Bellatrix Lestrange and Nurses of Malfoy, though this had been easier for him since both witches had been the born of Blacks. Mm-hmm. Albus Dumbledore described Creature as forced to do Sirius's bidding because Sirius was the last of the family in which he was enslaved, but felt no tro- true loyalty to him. And then Creature also intentionally despised serving Harry, only coming to willing to lo- be loyal to him after Harry showed him kindness and respect and pointed out that by cooperating with him and his friends, Creature would be honoring the dying actions of Regulus Black, the late master he was very fond of. Hermione Granger pointed out that Creature was accustomed to bad, even brutal treatment, and that he was only loyal to people who were kind to him. Which is true. And the house elves of the House of Black were an old age beheaded, the heads were sickening, stuffed, and mounted on the house wall. Uh, this was no doubt considered by the house elves the very highest honor. Which, but like, no, oh my goodness, that's not, no, that's not how you do that. Like, Sirius's great, 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 great grandmother, whoever made this, was a sickening person. Like that, no, no, they are sentient creatures. No, yeah. that's just. 
That's and then uh, Winky was absolutely loyal to the Crouch family. When she was dismissed for the failure to keep Crouch Jr. under control, she suffered a mental breakdown, thinking that her release was an ultimate disgrace to her family, which is sad. And she got drunk yeah. a lot. One sip of butterbeer would make a house elf drunk. Well, there's and not a whole lot to she them. made, she drank bottles of butterbeer. She became an alcoholic. It's, it's so sad. sad. Oh. It's so sad. And then, while some houses were treated uh, absolutely by their masters, some were generally loved and cared for. Some wizards treated their houses like adored pets or dolls, lavishing praise on them for doing their duties. An example of this was Hapazia Smith, who was very talkative and pleasant with her house of uh, Hokey about her mundane affairs with Hokey. While Hokey was attending to her own tasks. Some house elves also worked at the wizarding institutions, such as Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Mundelays and Injuries, and the Magical Congress of the United States of America, and as bar staff in some wizarding pubs. And then, now we have house elf occupations. So, First and foremost, we have Hogwarts uh, servants. So a variable legion of house elves were enlisted by Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry to help out the entire school instead of serving one master. They worked in the kitchens, preparing feasts for the entire school. They also presumably moved trunks and baggage to and from rooms, cleaned dormitories, and presumably other areas of the castle as well. Which we do see, if you play Hogwarts Legacy, you do see them do all this. Mm-hmm. Helga Hufflepuff... Yeah was credited for bringing the house elves to Hogwarts, though technically uh, still bound to servitude, bringing them to a place with good working conditions like most moral choice available at the time. Which is also true. And even if it was the most loyal, like, at the time, it's still loyal to the centuries. Because they had the best... The house elves had the best treatment at Hogwarts. First and foremost, period. That's where they all really wanted to end up going. Mm-hmm. Especially if they were in bad families. Uh, they were likely treated extremely well by Professor Dumbledore. In 1994, they became angry with Hermione Granger as she made attempts to free them. Dobby and Winky, who came under Hogwarts' employ at the time, were considered disgraces to the rest of their colleagues due to Dobby's being paid and receiving a vacation while Winky got drunk out of self-pity. During the Battle of Hogwarts, the house elves fought against Death Eaters with Creature landing them. They defended their masters by kitchen, well, using kitchen knives to stab the attacker's ankles. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> like, that That alone is like, why? Like that, oh my gosh. Don't, don't, don't make someone who is small mad, because then you'll get a kitchen knife in your ankle. Those are wise words. Very yes. wise word. Yes. Small people hit low. <laughs> and I'm only saying that because I'm 5'4. I hit low. Or I, I'm 5'3. Sorry, 5'3. I hit low. I'm short. Mm. And then we have Wizards Institutions. So the M- MAC USA employed house elves for numerous reasons, such as cleaning. Uh, cleaning the wands of the witches and wizards visiting the magical congress of the United States of America. MAC USA may also employ house elves to clean the 
Wood Woolworth Building, where the Magical Congress was located. St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Manity, Maladies and Injuries employed house elves to sweep and mop the floor of the reception area and possibly other areas of the hospital as well. The Circus Arcanus was a traveling wizard and circus to, uh, and freak show owned by Skeletor uh, and was boasted of the world's most com- complete congress of human oddities. It consisted of a daily street parade, which the organizers promised was worth coming miles to see and would amass both young and old, even amass uh, amuse house elves who worked there, the uh, circus's elves would clean up after the show. Interesting. And then other European wizarding schools, such as the Dumbstring Institute and the uh, Bobacton Academy of Magic, may also employ house elves to work in their kitchens, clean the school, and do manual tasks such as transporting student luggage to the dormitories. All right, and last but not least, we have behind the scenes. Hmm. So, in the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, two house elves were are briefly seen wearing a green and red, uh, are wearing green and red, and riding camels in the nineteen ninety four Quidditch World Cup. That's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> According to the Wombat test, it is possible that house elves have an advantage uh, average life expectancy of 200 years. It cannot be ordered or to kill themselves, breed infrequently, and only with their master's permission can override wizards' enchantments and have an uh, allegiance to their home rather than inhabitants. The answer key of the test awards five points of counting cannot be ordered to kill themselves as false, and one point for counting a house elf's allegiance is foremost to its house rather than the inhabitants of the house. Likely implying that this is only partially true, perhaps house elves are loyal to the inhabitants of the house only so long as they inhabit the house. The other statements are presumably true, and a house elf can likely be ordered to kill itself, although most owners would have little reason to use this order. So it's essentially saying that the house elves would be more loyal not like to the physical building that they're living in or the house is in like the line the line the line of the house they're, okay they're the, was, the family the, the, like, hang on. yeah not the house itself not to the building itself but to the the house of like it, the the family line the family the house. family line okay that makes more sense and then households are ra- uh, never identified as beings in the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, though presumably they are as they are highly sentient humanoid beings which live along humans freely and the wizarding world seems to regard them as beings in the force face of the law. And then no other creature in, creature in the series is referred to as an elf, making the pres- precision that... Um, that they are house elves seem uh, relatively pointless. On the other hand, Berklings are referred to by, uh, to by Newton's commander as elvish creatures, implying that elf may be a name for a general class that includes several species, including house elves, Urklings, and presumably Yumbos. Yumbos. It may be possible for elves to breed with humans, as one Ravenclaw student stated in this, that the students in the house fa- 
uh, Footless Flitwick was part elf, but never been rude enough to ask him. In fact, Flitwick was part goblin. Irma uh, Dugard was also described as a half-elf. And then, house elves are freed from their master, given a piece of clothing, but seems that the jewelry doesn't count as creature was not freed when Harry gave him Regulus Black's locket. I think I'm having more problems on thinking that goblins and humans interbreeded. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to go into that. <laughs> that just, I'm not asking that's us just, to, but... That just sounds weird, and like knowing what goblins look like in the wizard world of Harry Potter. Yeah. Just like, mm, <laughs> yeah. no. I, no. That's all we got to say about that. Okay. No. The granite, <laughs> Hagrid's half-giant. But for, I don't know why, but my mind thinks, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but know. like the giants and <laughs> Harry Potter are like true giants. Anyway. I don't know. Um, anyway. <laughs> now we have inspiration. So elves or similar creatures doing menial tasks around the home and leaving when rewarded for their task with money or clothes is a common motif in European folklore. The most well-known example of this is the English-speaking word is the brownie, a small fairy-like creature who helps around a home in exchange for daily food and drink in the form of hot milk, honey, and gruel, but will depart forever if it was paid in human money. In some of the legends, rather than the departing, the brownie would instead turn malicious and antagonize their owners, much like uh, Harry Potter's poltergeist, um, such as... A wicked brownie would be called a bogget, though the name, of course, refers to an entirely different creature in Harry Potter. There's some really good um, stories that have to do with the brownies in the if you're into mythology kind of stuff like that. But the English have some really good ones that you. Oh, English folklore to. is mm-hmm. is just interesting. Like you just look up English folklore. A lot of the stories in English folklore is much vastly different than it is here in the u.s yeah you'll have a great time because all the u.s folklore is basically from other countries indeed (laughs) Um, original and then finally one last possible source of inspiration for jk rowling's house elves is french folklore's for fadet for fadet originally in the uh originating in the southern areas one specific legend about a for fadet is that they were wrinkled brown-skinned midgets who were went around either naked or wearing dirty rags, a description that is almost identical to Roland's elves. The Farfadet would help around a farming home, uh, completing tasks not only done in the day by the human servants, they would, would leave forever if the master of the house gave them new clothes to replace their uh, shabby old ones. Once again, the parallels are obvious, though in this case the reasoning that the Farfadet's our proud creatures are offended by the implication of their clothes being needed replacing. And then to the creatures specifically called elves uh, may have an allusion to the fairy tale of the elves and the shoemaker where a group of elves worked for a shoemaker until his wife in a fit of generosity sewed him new little clothes and gave them to the elves. Yeah, that's also a good one. So, yeah, yeah, that's what we have on elves. Um, interesting ties to English folklore and French folklore. 
Um, if you want to learn and read interesting and weird folklore, look up anything that's Polish. <laughs> look up Polish fol- folklore. <laughs> Go look up stuff that inspired The Witcher mm-hmm. because that stuff's weird. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but weird. Um, is there anything else we need to add to this episode? No, other than these poor elves should have a better life. But oh, I agree. I mean, and I also didn't, I didn't add this. I didn't add this yeah. into the episode, and I completely forgot. But in after Hermione is in ministry, um, in a ministry role after the Battle of Hogwarts, she starts working for the ministry and regulations and whatnot. She does make new regulations specifically for house elves. That's so. Good. We don't know what those regulations are, but we do know that Hermione does help to improve the lives of all house elves regardless. And apparently and you it's could, pretty strict. You could believe that she would enforce them very quickly and yeah. not hundreds and not, of years later. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I would imagine the ministry during the time that Harry, Ron, and Hermione work there, mm-hmm. I would imagine things would get done a lot quicker. Knowing yeah. the heroes of the battles of Hogwarts and the the hero who finally vanquished Lord Lord Voldemort is working there. That that would be the one person I wouldn't want to disagree with. No, not at all. Gotta get I that mean, new generation Harry, in. Harry became a aura. Who an aura is a you know dark wizard hunter. If I had, if I was a dark wizard and then found out the famous Harry Potter is the one tasked to find me and take me in, I would just give up right then and there and say, yep, nope, done. I'm not even going to (laughs) try. The Dark Lord couldn't even take him down. I ain't even trying to do that today. Nope, I'm done. (laughs) And Ron even became an aura for a time, too. Which is interesting. And then uh, Hermione was in a role of uh, legislation in um, the ministry to help the lives of the many. So, Good place for her. Oh, yeah. Plus, she's a book nerd, so that's a good good place for her to be in. Absolutely. But um, thank you for everybody listening. Um, We will see everybody next week. And... uh, Johnny, Johnny Fig, thank you. Great, uh, he says in the chat, great episode. At last, I get to see you guys live. Thanks, love this podcast. <laughs> well, thank you. We thank you. Thank, thank you. you for joining us in live. Uh, we haven't had many people join us live because we stream so late in the night. Uh, at least Eastern yeah. Standard. I'm Eastern Standard, so it's like almost eleven o'clock. <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of late. So. Thank you, Johnny. But uh, yeah, everybody, we will be back next week for more episodes. And remember, the wand chooses the witch or wizard. Thank you for listening. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast. And you can email us at wizardandworldlorecast at gmail.com. <laughs>